Hey, what's going on? It's John and it's time for the JMart cast for Monday, February 21st. What's going on, friends and family? Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I hope you've had a great week. My week has been strange just based on what I'm seeing on the news, but overall good because I've been spending a lot of time with my family and I also have a dog guest this week. I think I talked about it last week. I got the dog on Sun was it Friday last week, I think? Yeah, Friday last week. Or not the not last week, sorry, the week before that. And he's been with me for the following week. And I've been going on a lot of dog walks, averaging at least three walks uh, a day. One day I did not do a I did not go on a evening walk with the dog, which was actually a big mistake. It was like minus twenty weather and I was like so cold and tired by the end of the night I was like oh I'll just let the dog go in the backyard for a few minutes and it'll be fine and then the next morning I think I talked about this in last week's episode but I'll just repeat it again next morning I woke up hearing the dog pee on the stairs that was hilarious and so I just like quickly get up and grab a towel and start like putting it on the spots where he's like you know made a big mess and of course, as I'm quickly, frantically trying to clean up, I'm stepping in some of the urine too. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, whatever, forget it. Just just get it over with, clean it up and take the dog out for a walk. So we, with my slightly damp urine feet, <laughs> I put some socks on over that. I don't even care. And I go on a walk with the dog and we went uh, for not even that long of a walk, but during that time, he did two number twos, which was uh, <laughs> unique. He'd never done that before. Two number twos. Luckily, I had a bunch of extra bags, and uh, they're so big, too. Oh, my God. Like, one bag is just barely enough for one, So, but this time it was so big, uh, I had to do two bags for the first one. The second one was smaller, luckily, so I had... I had four bags, luckily, uh, and I only ended up using three out of four. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's such an awesome dog, though. It's been awesome taking care of him. He um, is a good listener. He just chills at home, too, doesn't do too much. You know, obviously, he had that mistake where he made a big, mis- a big mess, but, like, you know, that was my fault for having not taken him on a walk. And other than that, he's been just super chill, just hangs out in the hallway or living room just lies down all day long and like waits for you to pat him and give him some love and then when it's time to go on a walk he's just super excited and just ready to go and pee on everything that he's like learned about in terms of like what is in the neighborhood it's so hilarious you'll just go to the same exact spots that he's marked before and just like remark it like this is mine nobody touch this (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then this week was a bit weird, eh, with the Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, it got really warm, Wednesday, Thursday, it was really warm, like, it got up to, like, what, 8 degrees Celsius, like, positive, it was minus 20, and then it went to, like, 8 degrees, like, nearly, what, a, a 30 degree turnover, like, a turnaround, <laughs> and, you know, my, my neighborhood, we have... We had so much snow that it was all stacked on the streets. And we have street parking, which like with the extra snow, like basically covering the spots where like people are supposed to park their cars. Uh, that was kind of like ridiculous because then people, a lot of people don't have actual like uh, driveways. So they use street parking and then 
you know, with the snow covering up on their parking spots, a lot of people were kind of screwed. So then it was kind of nice that it got warm again and all the snow melted. But then lo and behold, like two days of melting the snow, followed by another big snowstorm, which then just completely replaced all the snow that melted away. So it was just a wash. Nothing, nothing positive actually ended up happening. <laughs> what else did I do this week? Uh, couple of days ago, I um, uh, had played some poker with some friends. We played poker online. Um, that was just fun to kind of hang out with friends, even virtually, and shoot the shit, play some poker. We played some $10 games, ended up playing two games and lost both of them. <laughs> I'm not a very good poker player. That's all right. Um, luckily, it was just 10 bucks, and then I was... Um, about to send some money to my to my buddy who who won and I ended up asking him hey man would you rather get your 10 bucks in fiat or bitcoin just give him the option you know like he can choose what he wants and then his response was bitcoin I need to set up a wallet first right and then I was like yeah that's what you need to do I gave him a couple of options for what to do um, like which wallet which software wallet to get my recommendation was to get a software wallet at first which would go on the mobile phone and that's called a hot wallet because the mobile phone's constantly connected to the internet, which, you know, increases the vulnerability of it. So that's why it's called a hot wallet. And I told him at some point, if he accumulates enough Bitcoin where he wants to secure it a little bit better, then I would recommend getting a hardware wallet. And the hardware wallet is kind of like basically like a USB stick, but it's not connected to the internet 24 seven. So you can, um, send transactions of Bitcoin onto the hardware wallet without having it connected to the internet. And then the it's called cold storage that way. It never has to be plugged into the internet and it can be um, a safe way to hold the Bitcoin uh, without being worried about it getting hacked or stolen from you. Anyway, that's the recommendation I did and I gave. He ended up installing, I'm not going to say which wallet, for privacy reasons. And then I sent him my 10 bucks, or more accurate, accurately, $10 worth of Bitcoin. I think it came out to like 20,000 sats. And then he's, his question following after he received it in his wallet is like, what do I do with it now? <laughs> so then my response was like, it's your money, you go figure it out. Honestly, my advice would be to save and start building a larger and larger stack of sats. That's the best thing to do. But, you know, that's not what you absolutely have to do. You could also transfer it to an exchange wallet and then exchange that for fiat dollars back. Although I don't know why we would do that, even like especially when I asked him, would you rather fiat dollars or Bitcoin? And he asked for Bitcoin. So it wouldn't make sense to transfer back to fiat right away. You could also just find someone who provides products and services where they accept Bitcoin and then pay with, with that. That's also an op option, right? So those are the three options. You store it and, and save more and more of it. You transfer it back for, for regular dollars, fiat dollars, cuck bucks, whatever you want to call them. Or you could pay for a product or service where the vendor can accept it can accept Bitcoin. <laughs> then his response was like, yeah, the tricky part is to convince someone that these beans are magic. <laughs> I 
it's kind of funny, a funny response. Appreciate him saying that. And then, you know, like my response to that is, look, man, the number of active Bitcoin addresses daily, daily active Bitcoin. So people using Bitcoin on a daily basis has gone up to a million wallet addresses per day. Okay. And the actual number of Bitcoin addresses total is a hundred million. Okay. So not everybody uses their address daily, right? Some people just have an address with cold storage and they don't use it at all. It's just sitting there waiting for them to, you know, either add more funds to it or at some point withdraw it, whatever, but they're not using it daily. The total number of those wallets all combined together is a hundred million, right? And then one percent of that is people using it daily. So I don't know, like I think um the it's or <laughs> these beans are magic and the sooner you realize how magical these beans are, the sooner you'll you'll break bre- reap that's what i'm trying to say the sooner you the sooner you'll reap the benefits of using bitcoin so my buddy's still skeptical but he's like i need to be able to buy food and shelter with it to believe it it's like all right well you know i was gonna uh, so my response to him is that it like in its native form like the way i showed it to use it like bitcoin is best used as a store of value right if you want to start using it as a medium of exchange where you want to exchange it for food or shelter, then my recommendation is to learn about the Lightning Network, which is like a second layer on top of Bitcoin, similar to like an internet application on your phone, which is built on top of the base layer of the internet. You can think of the Lightning Network that way. But so that's how the Lightning Network can be used as a medium of exchange. But Bitcoin natively is just a savings technology, right? You put $10 into Bitcoin and you will always have that Bitcoin and it will never be devalued. Whereas, you know, with $10, like you, if you hold on to $10 in the future, that $10 will have less purchasing power. Whereas it's not like that with Bitcoin. It will continue to increase its purchasing power because it is more and more difficult to produce Bitcoin Whereas other things that you might want to buy with Bitcoin are not more and more difficult, right? Like, let's just use an example of a house. Why, why is it, why is a house so expensive and why do people use it for a store of value? Well, because it's really difficult to produce a house, right? To make it. And there's not that many around. So it's a lot more valuable than, let's say, like, let's use a crazy, stupid example, like lettuce, right? Lettuce is, let's say, easy to grow. There's no like limit as to how much lettuce you can grow. And, you know, the resources required to grow it are cheap. So think of it like that, like a commodity that's easy to produce and the inputs for producing it are cheap. The actual value of it is going to be low. And then commodities that are difficult to produce, right? Like so with Bitcoin now, you need a lot of energy to, to mine new Bitcoin and it's very scarce. There's only ever going to be 21 million, no more than that. And so Bitcoin's going to continue to increase in value because of these characteristics that it has, as opposed to other things that do not have the same characteristics. They will continue to lose value in comparison to Bitcoin. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it in a longer way than how I explained it to him <laughs> in, um, in text form, but... 
hopefully he's able to understand that. And then I kind of told him that like, you know, you got to save more than just 10 bucks to see the full benefits, right? Like 10, 10 bucks worth of savings is no good for anyone, whether it's in fiat dollars or, or in Bitcoin, right? So, you know, just same advice to everybody. If you want to see the benefits of Bitcoin, start stacking sats. Speaking of the benefits of Bitcoin, have you guys been, I'm sure you've been seeing what's going on with, you know, the government of Canada, the Trudeau government enacting emergency powers and using those powers to freeze bank accounts of people who supported the Freedom Convoy, right? The GoFundMe, the Give, Send, Go more specifically, right? The Give, Send, Go um, donors who whose information has, has been now um, uh, hacked, right? The Give, Send, Go company did not have good privacy um practices let's say and all the people who donated had to give their like personal information to donate and then some hacker got on their server got all this personal information private information of the donors and and just released it publicly and then now there's reporters and regular people doxing all these people that donated which which is like so wrong in, on so many levels but and you know, none of that money that was given to GoFundMe or Gifts and Go ever made it to the truckers who it was intended for because the government stepped in and said, no, you citizens are not allowed to donate to a cause that goes against our mandates because we said so. You know, that's that's not a democratic society, right? We, we live in, I'm going to repeat what I said last week. Maybe I was a little bit, it was a little bit hyperbole last week, but it's definitely not hyperbole this week. We live in an authoritarian regime right now. The, the Trudeau regime is authoritarian, dictatorial, and they're using emergency powers to get new ways of tracking people financially, stopping them from transacting. And now they're also introducing legislature to make sure that the emergency powers that they've gotten become more permanent. This is this is like, what is it, like 9-11 all over again, right? Like they had a big crisis and they used it to gain a lot of emergency powers through Patriot Act. That was U.S. specific, but I, I'm sure it happened everywhere. I'm sure it happened here in Canada too. And now another big emergency, even though it's not really emergency, it's just a bunch of peaceful protesters on Parliament Hill nonviolent but you know using the media they're trying to slander them make them seem um white like white supremacists like um people who are racists mis misogynists homophobes and transphobes like all these ad hominems that the uh, prime minister keeps using to you know divide people up um i forget where i was going with this <laughs> just that like the these emergency power like the tyrannical regime of the Trudeau government is using these emergency powers to like use cops to now like start beating people up. There's like videos of people being like violently hurt by the, um, yeah, these police officers. There's like the ones I saw the ones with people, people uh, with the cops on, on horses, um, trampling people. There's like an old lady who, who was on a scooter she got trampled and then <laughs> they try to say like, <laughs> they try to blame it on her. It's like, oh man. So anyways, I'm going to move on past that. It doesn't, I don't want to talk about that too much more, but uh, what else do I want to say? 
there's this phrase that goes, you know, there's sometimes there are decades where nothing happens. And then there are all of a sudden days where decades happen. And I feel like that's what's going on right now. Anyway, you look at it, things look really bad on the government and the media, you know, supporting it. And what I'm hoping is this will help us all think about what we really want government for. Like what power should they have and like what constitutes a responsible use of that power? I think what these protests have done is they've brought to a head what was maybe happening like behind the scenes in a stealthy way. And it really kind of forced the government to show their hand in a way that I'm hoping people don't like to see. They don't like what they see. You know, as I've said before, I'm very sensitive to this stuff because, you know, we've my family's escaped like a country that collapsed after the post-Soviet Union collapse. And we were lucky to escape for a better life in the West. Right. And I still have lots of family back in Armenia. And, uh, you know, we escaped this kind of regime for for (laughs) for a better life here in the West. And it's just funny that now we're <laughs> facing the same thing. Funny, sad, whatever word you want to use. I don't know. It's just, it's not right. Definitely wants to, want, makes me want to accelerate, like, movement out of this country. Like, if this path is the path that the citizens of this country decide they want to embark on and keep going and they don't want to course correct, then there's going to be a lot of people, including myself and my family, leaving. Like, is it really your money if the government can just freeze your bank account, right? You know, just because you donated to a cause that went against government mandates, right? Freaking, I'll dox myself, I don't care. I I, I gave $10 worth of Bitcoin to the Freedom Convoy um, Bitcoin uh, fundraiser, which ended up, fundraising 21 Bitcoin, by the way, which (laughs) a bunch of that money has been given to truckers as opposed to none of the money from GoFundMe or GiveSendGo making it to them, by the way. And that's why Bitcoin is freedom money. And regular dollars are just fiat dollars that have no value behind them. There's a video this week, actually, of Charlie Munger. If you don't know who Charlie Munger is, he's like, Warren Buffett's partner, right? And in the video, he says that it's a pretty safe assumption to think that the US dollar in the next 100 years is going to zero, right? Like, definitely agree with him on that. Um, I Although, slightly disagree because I think it's going to be a lot sooner than 100 years, more like a few decades. And then later on in that video, he goes on to talk about how Bitcoin is a venereal disease and he's proud of never investing in it. Man, this guy, all he, all he can do is, is well, first of all, he's like 90-something and like good luck as a 90-something-year-old understanding new technology. Second of all, like all he does is like call Bitcoin names. Like previously he said that Bitcoin is rat poison, <laughs> which is hilarious because it's actually like actually a really good metaphor because... What does rat poison do? It, it kills rats, right? And that's what Bitcoin di- does too. It, it's going to defund the government, the rat government. It's going to make sure that there's less and less power that the government can have where it can't just freeze people's bank accounts, right? 
Bitcoin is rat poison because it takes out the rat, making like there be no counterparty risk with Bitcoin when you hold it. Similar to gold, right? When you hold gold, you're not you know, relying on a bank or somebody else like giving it its value. Just people have over time agreed that gold is valuable because it's hard to produce, right? And there's and it's scarce. There's very little of it around. And so that's why gold has value. <laughs> and it doesn't rely on anybody else, similar to Bitcoin. It does not rely on any third party. In fact, it crushes those third parties and makes them <laughs> makes them wither away and die like rat poison. So thank you, Charlie Munger, for using that um, analogy because it's a great one. <laughs> Even though you're trying to, you know, make uh, uh, call names or whatever and, and, and just do just a basic attack, what you really did was <laughs> provide an amazing analogy to talk about Bitcoin. So yeah, what else did I want to talk about? Oh yeah, one thing about, I, re I heard this story recently about this woman in Afghanistan who could not have her own bank account. Apparently, <laughs> as a woman, you're not allowed to have a bank account unless it's, um, you know, um, I think you, you got to have a man basically approve it got to be there he's got to be there like signing all the papers for you or whatever i don't know exactly the details but you as a woman you're not allowed to accumulate and save money unless it's with the permission of a man and so this woman ended up subverting that by buying bitcoin she kept saving a little bit of money kept buying bitcoin kept storing it safely so that no one could take it and then um after some time there was like a you know a bull run where the value of the bitcoin she'd saved had increased significantly to the point where she actually had the ability to escape. She escaped Afghanistan, escaped all the repression and, and got free thanks to Bitcoin. It wasn't, it wasn't thanks to anything else. It was thanks to Bitcoin. And that's going to happen over and over again all throughout the world. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys understand the value of these magic beans. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. I'm going to keep it short again this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Appreciate you all. Please get in touch with me and send me some questions, emails, whatever. You can uh, send an email to newsletter at jmarkfit.com. You can send me messages on Instagram and Twitter at jmarkfit on both. I'm on Facebook as well, jmarkmoves. I don't use that one as much, but we'll do check messages if they go come in there. And yeah, that's it. Thank you, everybody. Stay active. Be grateful. J-Mart out.